fellow Zeros. Thank you for tuning in to Zeros Talking Heroes, the podcast that's setting the atomic nine iron to 350. I'm your host, Joe, and I brought along four other board members <laughs> to talk to you about the movie The Invincible Iron Man, which is an animated Marvel movie. We've got Frank. The podcast that has promised a lot of things. Matt. The only podcast that scared off a woman. Corey. It's not the only podcast that's faced its father's disappointment. And sequel. The only podcast that's always in your corner. I think that sums us up pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) These were good. Proud of you guys. Before we start talking about this Marvel movie, we are going to let you know what else we've been watching. Well, some of us are. Hey, Corey. I watched a documentary on the Slenderman stabbings. The Slenderman? So there's like this creepypasta story about the Slenderman and... These three girls were hanging out one night, and two of the girls were, like, obsessed with them, and thought that this fictional character wanted them to kill their friend in a sacrifice. They stabbed her, like, an obscene amount of times, like 47 or 67 some odd times, and then they just started running through the woods to try to reach the state park, because they thought they were going to, like, find his house now that she, they sacrificed this girl. It was, it's a very, very scary concept. I remember that. That was yeah. after the game was released. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a game, and these girls were obsessed with it, and they thought it was real. Or, um, And then it went into, like, the backstory of, like, the tragedy of the girls that committed the crime. So, like, the tragedy, obviously, is the fact that they stabbed their friend. But one of them turned out to be diagnosed schizophrenic. The other one was just bullied a lot in school, so she didn't have a lot of friends. So when her friend was like, we're going to stab her to death. She was like, okay. Are you going to stop being my friend if I don't stab her? Kind of, yeah. Mm. Um, and I also watched Rogue One last night because that movie's on Netflix. And it is. I'm not going to not watch a Star Wars movie that's on Netflix. Don't you mean Rouge? Rouge yeah, one? that's what he always fucking writes it. 100%. No matter what, what. No matter what it is. Text message. Instagram. Fucking Twitter. Yep. Rouge One was on. It was awesome. Yep. Rouge one. My brother did that. I was like, I love Rouge. He's like, what? I'm like, Baton Rouge. <laughs> was the Slenderman documentary on Netflix? It was. What's a good Ooh, Netflix? Oh, no, 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 no. It was on HBO Go. What's a good Netflix documentary? Hmm. Man vs. Snake? <laughs> I really gotta watch this. Let's mention this every, every time. <laughs> this is gonna be a great bit. It's the best bit. It's this guy. Alright, try it. <laughs> but that's what I've been watching, Joe. Did you do Wicked Media? And a sequel, what have you been watching that's not Man vs. Snake? For the love of God, don't be Man vs. Snake. <laughs> I watched Wet Hot American Summer ten years later. Oh, nice. So, Is that the full title? Yes. Okay. So the movie came out, and it, the movie takes place in 1981. Then Netflix made a series called, like, The Next Day at Camp, and it's all the same actors, but, like, ten, like 15 years after the movie came out, playing, like, their teenage selves... And then they made a 10 Years Later series that came out this year. It's pretty funny. It's a really... You have to have a weird sense of humor. Like, there's a scene where there's a talking can of vegetables. So it's a prominent character in the movie and the two series. And the guy that does his voice... Does he do a lot of drugs in this movie? Is they, that why the vegetables talk? No, no. It's a real talking can of vegetables. It's like <laughs> the <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's an actual talking can of vegetables. Did Tim Burton direct this? No. Is this a Rick and Morty episode? The guy that does the voice is Bob from Bob's Burgers. I don't know the guy. Oh, oh yeah. Is John Benjamin? Yep. 
And there's a scene where he's ordering um, breakfast from a diner, and he says to the waitress, I'll have a Denver omelet in the side of your buns. And the next scene, he's, like, duking her from behind <laughs> the kitchen. So you get to see, like, a talking can of vegetables have sex with the waitress. <laughs> <laughs> what won't they do? Right? So I'm watching this, and then my wife happened to walk in. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what it looks like? Well, it is what it looks like, but I'll pull my pants up now. And if you've never seen any of the other, the movie or the other series, you can't explain that. I'll be like, no. he's a talking cat of vegetables. I'm just into weird things, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who would have known Archer had such range? Right? Is it like mixed vegetables? Bet you it sounds yeah, it's, just like a, like it's like peas and carrots. Mm-hmm. String beans and carrots. Nice. So I bet you it sounds just like all his other carrots. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Matt or Frank, you guys got anything? Frank, no. I watched Matt eat cake for five minutes. <laughs> oh my god, I was going to say I watched myself eat cake for five minutes. Hey, again, it's a, the last five minutes. The last five minutes. That's it. it was pretty good cake. It's old, but it's fine. This is fine. Uh, Game of Thrones, am I right, people? That finale, though. Uh, also, on Netflix, there's a show called Chef, and it's pretty cool. Every season, they focus on like six different chefs that do something crazy. And they have this one guy who's uh, a Jewish guy who has, like, one of the world's best ramen restaurants in New York City. And, uh, yeah, it made me really want ramen. Is that the, you is have already sh- talked about this on You episode. definitely have. Well, then there was another episode where uh, <laughs> something else happened. Equally as interesting. Something having to do with a chef. And made yep. me want it. And made me want food. That type of food. It was probably cake, and, that's, and we're back full circle to cake. Actually, okay. No, it definitely, definitely wasn't cake. Like, no one was, as you're talking about that show, Chef, I was just thinking, like, I've had this conversation with somebody before. It sounds vaguely familiar. It was that about three episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. And I watched the movie Godzilla from 1998 with Matthew Broderick. Yes! That's that a one's great movie! <laughs> yes, it no, you just say it's great? Yes, I did. No. Look out of here. That's a zero star. That movie is like my year. least favorite kind of movie because it's not bad enough for me to like and it's not good enough for me to like. It just exists. <gasps> it's so funny. <laughs> she lays all the eggs in Madison Square Garden. No. In secret. Then, no and, one sees her do it. And then there's one at the end and that was going to be Baby Godzilla. That was going to be their friend. I like the episode. I like the one where they uh, made Godzilla fight that one. Yes. Like that particular one. Toho got their rights back, and they have. Their, oh, really? They have their. They bought. All right, so they got their rights to Godzilla back. Then they bought their rights to the, use the image of that Godzilla, which looks nothing like Godzilla. It's just a big lizard. Mm-hmm. And then they have their Godzilla kill that Godzilla. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I think it's called Godzilla Two Thousand. Yeah, it is. Oh, is it? I, it might be. And there's. You don't have to watch the movie. You just have to watch that one scene because that's by far the best part of that movie. I'm sure you could YouTube that. Yep. Does anybody here watch John Oliver? Last week tonight with John Oliver. I have seen it. So the most recent episode, like he does like a main story, and then this week it was about North Korea, and he showed like a North Korean film, um, and it's just a mini Godzilla, and it's hysterical and adorable. Go on YouTube and watch the last week tonight from this most recent week, just up to that point. You don't have to watch the rest of it, but just up to that point because it's fucking hysterical. It looks like Godzilla. Except with like short stubby arms and that stands about that tall. It was made in North Korea. Yeah. North Korea actually like kidnapped two of the best filmmakers from South Korea to make the movie. How do they, God, they, how do they watch it they if you kidnapped filmmakers? Yeah. What's that? How do yeah. they watch it if they don't have TVs in there? 
In the well, the rich Kim Jong Un does. I guess he wanted to watch it. He wanted to see that he movie. I want to watch that. And if you guys don't want to look up what week it was when we recorded this, it was the week of August thirteenth. Should be the episode. Yeah. And that's what we've been watching. Let's do our movie facts for Invincible Iron Man. Don't worry, they're very short. Good. Came out in 2007. It's rated PG-13, 1 hour, 23 minutes. It has two directors, Patrick Archibald and Jay Oliva. Patrick Archibald is credited with Doctor Strange and Kong, King of Atlantis. And Jay Oliva directed Doctor Strange also. Next Avengers, Heroes of Tomorrow. Also did Justice League, Flashpoint Paradox, Justice League War, and a bunch of Batman stuff. What? Kong or Khan? Kong. Kong. As in King Kong? Yes. Probably. Monkey what Monkey? Is that movie it's about? an animated movie. Yeah, but still, like... Look it up. I'm gonna. The Doctor Strange <laughs> movie, uh, animated as well? Yeah, animated. Okay. Flashpoint Paradox was on the list, unfortunately. Yeah. But that was a good movie. That was a good yeah. movie. This movie stars the voice talents of Mark Warden, Gwendolyn, or Gwendolyn Yo, Yo, I don't know, Fred... <laughs> Tascore, Tatashiore, I don't know how to pronounce these people's names. They're not famous. <laughs> Rodney Salisbury, Elisa Gabrielli, John McCook, I like that one. That was easy. And James C. Or well, Cy, C A. Uh, it was just James C. That's, <laughs> That's even easier. <laughs> You'd think so. The budget of the movie? Who the hell knows? Gross. It didn't go in theaters, so also who knows that. DVD sales, maybe? Some number out there. At least $4 for yep. me. Score is also very abbreviated. Rotten Tomatoes has no critic score, only an audience score of 46%. Certified mystery. Sure. IMDb has this movie at a 6.0 out of 10. It's the only site to actually give it like a full rating. Based on how many reviews? One? I have no idea. <laughs> And Metacritic, I couldn't even find it. So I found a video game called The Invisible Iron Man. I think it was for like Game Boy. <laughs> I think this was based on the comic book series. Yes. It's based on The Invisible Iron Man yeah. comics. That's all I know about it. And those are our movie facts for The Invincible Iron Man. Let's give you our general thoughts, and Matt's going to go first. Did you see Iron Man, the movie? Like yes. the original one from the MCU? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, <laughs> instead of putting them in Afghanistan, put them in China. Add some magic. There you go. The movie. That's the movie. 100%. Frank, what else? Uh, this movie's pretty meh on the scale of good to meh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's so this gets the worst right? possible score. <laughs> it's just boring, and like, I don't know, I'm not a huge Iron Man fan to begin with, and I wasn't really huge on the dialogue of this film, and the story was a little shaky for me. Hey, sequel, what did you think of this? So. <laughs> I watched, like, the hijacked YouTube version of this movie. Which we don't condone. I mean, YouTube, it's on there. I was going to bust the euro and arrest you. You don't know that. <laughs> I know that. Just because it hasn't happened yet. So in the background, there's, like, this rippling water. It's, like, purple. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That was, was like, so great. Water. I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> the actual movie is in the bottom left corner of the screen. And apparently, I didn't know this... <laughs> It's really slowed down. Yeah. I thought it's just poorly made. So I was all set to rip on how slow the action was and how slow the dialogue was. Everyone sounds really lazy and like not into anything. And I had all these like points ready to go. But apparently it's just to avoid the copyright law on YouTube. That's why they did it that yep. way. 
So, yeah. I really got nothing to say. <laughs> you can <laughs> see the sequel furiously scratching out notes in his book. <laughs> I wasn't scratching out notes. I was just watching it, getting pretty mad. And then I figured, you know what? I'm going to look this up on Wikipedia because I bet you I can, you know, do this a lot faster that way and I can know what's going on and I don't really have to pay that much attention. That was like my plan and it kind of backfired on me. I don't want to ever review an animated movie like this ever again. Good luck. Sequel, I'm sorry. Hate to disappoint you, but... There's a lot of them. I thought I was doing the chat a service. Corey, general thought. (laughs) (laughs) Nice touch. (laughs) That right there was better than anything I saw in the movie. Wow. Wow. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Sure. This movie is incredibly middle of the road. Nothing jumps out about it. Uh, the mysticism is a nice touch. It kind of gives it a more comic-y feel. The animation is pretty good. Um, the biggest thing that this movie suffers from is being like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man set in China, like Matt said. Really, that's that's the biggest downfall. Like, there's, It's not a story you need to pay attention to because you've seen the story before. Yeah, a couple things change, but in the grand scheme of things, the first 45 minutes of this movie, of this only one hour and 23 minute movie, is spent doing a lot of the things that you've already seen. It's also an hour and 42 minutes if you watch the... (laughs) (laughs) The director's cut. (laughs) It's nothing. This slows it all down. By the way, I had the same issue when I was writing a paper in college on Requiem for a Dream. I didn't have my copy of it, and I refused to go out and buy another copy of it. So I found it on YouTube, and they didn't speed up the movie or slow it down. They just took the pitch of all the voices and turned it into chipmunks. <laughs> so oh. listening, listening to Requiem for a Dream with chipmunks. That has a very different it's, experience. Yeah, it was horrifying. It was more like horrifying. <laughs> It's such a serious movie. <laughs> that makes it so not serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah watching things God. sped up is so Holy much shit. worse than watching things slow down because sped up always makes things funny. At least slow down, it's just like, mm. well, this movie's kind of, dr- or this this is kind of dragging, you know. And sometimes you can't tell depending on how bad it's slowed down. But sped up, it's always funnier. Oh, they should take like the saddest, most serious movies all the time and Ed check on Such a new project. Run with it. So I'm going to say this movie is a little bit worse than completely middle of the road because it took a story that I liked. Although, to defend this movie, this movie came out before Iron Man did. Yes. 2007, Iron Man 2008. Yep. Oh! Yeah, okay. So it's not like they took the story we had already seen because we hadn't seen it yet. But the story in Iron Man 2008, I really enjoy. This movie's kind of boring. I was tired when I watched it, so I may have nodded off at one point for about a minute and a half. And I was like, nope, now we're going to sit up and have some sugar to finish watching this movie. But it's not terrible, but they certainly could have done a better job with it, as is the case with some of these animated movies that we watch. And those are our general thoughts. Let's let you know that we're going to be spoiling it from here on out. So if you haven't seen this direct-to-DVD movie, maybe check it out if you're interested. And if not... Forever hold your peace, because we are about to spoil things starting now. I like the big change that they made to the chess piece of Iron Man. 
I thought that was cool. The fact that technically it was Rhodes that came up with the technology. And oh, the, you mean Tony Stark's thing? Yeah, Tony okay. Stark's thing. Well, what we know in the MCU is the arc reactor that yeah, he has yeah. in his chest. In Iron Man 1, he's carrying around the battery and literally makes it as a way to not have to carry the battery around. And then, mm-hmm. as a secondary thing, it powers the suit. Um, in this, Rhodes is just grabbing what he can in between... And they make an iron lung for Tony Stark. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, they, I mean, it's a little over the top. But, of course. It's kind of, but it's fine. The point is, I like the fact that Rhodes slash the shaman are the ones that are responsible for Tony's recovery more than Tony's responsible for Tony's recovery. I was actually excited in the beginning to see that Rhodes is going to have a big role in this movie because he doesn't really so much in the Iron Mans that I've seen. And I like Rhodes as a character. He's pretty cool. He's also Iron Man at one point. but And then I was disappointed by, by how little he actually does in this movie. I was disappointed by what he was doing. I was like, Rhodes is supposed to be like this awesome like military guy, and he's like running this construction company. He's running a dig site. Right, exactly. He's running a dig site with liquid steel. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Matt, are you familiar with the comic book series for yeah. Invincible Iron Man? Is this like, does this movie do it justice? Yeah. Is it like shot for shot from the comics? I wouldn't say shot for shot, because Iron Man's origin changes depending on who we're at war with at the time. But there's definitely a time where, you know, it, the Mandarin is a big Iron Man villain. That I know. And I really like that they do it because it's more fun than him fighting a guy in a suit all the time. But well, his villains yeah. are so shitty. I mean... It's the Mandarin. Like Iron Man yeah. is not a was not a big character before the MCU happened. He's like a C level Marvel character. I mean, he's one of the Avengers. I but, but, so he was not a, a big level. character before he got before Robert Downey Jr. made him famous. Okay, all right. So um, back to the comic. Mom, dead, dad alive. That was depends. You know, for Invincible Iron Man for that series, for, is that like accurate? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, I don't like that. I like my MCU version better. That kind yeah, of yeah, and both me. being dead. Yeah, it confused me too because I didn't realize this came out before the live action movie. Yeah. Like I can understand you doing your own thing, but I'm like, eh, yeah, I, I, like I didn't realize that too. Better. I thought it was 20, 2005 that Iron Man came out. I thought it was an interesting choice. I've only ever known Howard Stark to be dead. I mean, granted, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Seagull spits out his cider. <laughs> 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 be dead. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. The MCU is dead. No. He's a pretty big role in Captain America. Oh, God, God, God damn it. St- when you jump into oh. the past, okay. yeah. Present tense, he's dead. I mean, if you want to watch the movies in chronological order, you got to start with that one. So he's alive. Drink your beer. Wow. Drink your cider. They jump in time. That's what they do. Oh, it is what they do it's in confusing, confusing ways. In the modern era, so if this movie came out in 2007, and we assume this movie is taking place in 2007, sure. Tony Stark, or Howard Stark, is, is dead. Tony Stark is an orphan. Tony Stark is an orphan. I've always known it that way. When he walks into the board meeting, and the guy that looks oddly similar to Tony Stark is sitting at the head of the table, I'm like, who's that guy that looks a lot like Tony Stark sitting at the head of the table? I was like, it just it threw me off, and I couldn't, I never could get over it. And I feel like the reason that they let him, that they put Howard Stark in it, was simply as a plot device, so he could be on the phone and be like, "I love you, son," and Tony could be like, 
He warned me not to go inside. He never he never says that he loves me and then walk away. Like, I really thought that that was it. That, that was the only reason that they put him in there. They needed the counterpoint to Ming Li. <laughs> Whatever her name is. It's May. May Li. May May Lao. May. I forget. It's May something. I'm being genuine here. Sequels damn it, being mildly racist. <laughs> it's not racist. It's, it's not. It's not a hot dog. This is going to be off the fucking rails. Oh, they yeah. needed a You're counterpoint welcome, for her relationship with her father. Like, a counterpoint in the sense that it's still bad, just a different kind of bad. My dad shitty, too. <laughs> My dad shitty, too. Want to sleep together? Okay. We'll do this off screen. Do you think Tony was more of a playboy in this one than he was in the MCU? Because I feel like he was. That tub. That tub? <laughs> oh my god, that was sexy for a freaking cartoon. <laughs> I thought it was I, I thought it was Pepper. I thought it was Pepper Potts. Really? I'm so glad it wasn't. No, I'm glad it wasn't as, as well, but... She still talked to him in the shower, though. Yep. That tub seems really weird. Slow down. Oh, yeah. It's a long scene. (laughs) And with headphones on. (laughs) Yeah. You're just watching it by yourself like... It does show, but, I mean, it does show the same same progression that we get in 2008 with Robert Downey Jr. Playboy, doesn't care about anything. He actually cares a lot more than this. Yeah. He cares right off the bat. He cares because he loses power. Not even that. He gets upset. weapons. And well, he all gets, these things happen. And he, he gets upset when Rhodes gets... He go, He decides to go under the ground when Rhodes goes missing. But before that, he's like, oh, tell Rhodes I'll call him back. He's missing. Oh, and then he, he goes. Not. He's dismissive of his responsibilities, but ethically, this Tony is much more sound than when we get in 2008 originally. Fair. I guess I guess that's fair. Because his whole thing is no weapons right off the bat. Like, he doesn't want any part of that. He doesn't want the company to be making them. He's like, that's how we started making our money, but... We're done with that. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the stance before he was kidnapped, as opposed mm-hmm. to what, later how on. he comes back yeah. after. Okay. What did we think about the liquid steel that raised the city? That was so dumb. It was <laughs> pretty dumb. <laughs> that looked like an angioplasty balloon. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it's I thought it was a cool concept to raise an entire city. That's definitely something Stark that Stark Industries would be into. Right. Going into an archaeological site. Using this weird liquid metal technology to raise an entire city. Yeah, my problem was just it being called liquid steel. I was like, all right, T one thousand, relax. Yeah, I mean, okay. Did they ever go into why he wanted to raise a city, or that just he wanted to raise a city? No, it seemed. I thought. I thought they were all doing it because the Chinese were asking them to. Yeah, exactly. They were doing it because the Chinese were asking them to, and then the terrorist Chinese were like, no. That was that's a much that's a much bigger problem with this movie is motivation the motivation of the bad guys well they're the magi from the mummy but okay then why is the why are they so dead set on having this girl in here whose literally only job in life is to raise the mandarin do they not know that I feel like she's like a double agent like she's been preaching the story that her job is to stop the mandarin when her job is actually to become the host for the mandarin double agent. So it's just her. It's just her that knows that, and the rest of them didn't. Because I'm assuming like it's her and her dad were the two that actually knew that. Kind of came out of left field. I because the first like after the attack and the whole thing with them like needing to keep Tony alive and this that and the other thing, I kept trying to figure out why they were on opposite sides. 
Because I knew in the long run Tony would obviously be against whatever ha- whatever mystical thing comes out of that temple. You know what I mean? Like the second that like the elementals start showing up, I'm like, oh, they're they're on the same side. They're gonna hate each other because they kept Tony hostage. But realistically, they're on the same side. Just it was a very convoluted part of that story. I just remembered that there's a line where they're looking at like the painting of basically Iron Man fighting the Mandarin. He is the Iron Knight. That's it. <laughs> and. They're rooting for the Iron Knight in that situation to win, so why would they have this girl around who's supposed to become the Mandarin if they knew that? Did they, did they know that she was supposed to be the Mandarin? No, they, they don't. Uh, right, exactly. That's what we're so, saying. Right. I'm no, just she's telling him to leave, basically. Yeah. You she must leave! Like, right, they don't know the prophecy of who wins the showdown between the Iron Knight and the They only know that one will die. Yeah. And you as a viewer, take a guess. Invincible Iron Man. <laughs> It's called the Invincible It's weird because during the course of this movie, with her, with her like taking a liking, taking a shine to Tony, and him taking a shine to her, all I can think of was that scene from uh, Wedding Crashers. It was my first Asian. <laughs> you lock it up, no, you lock it. First of all, there's no way that was Tony Stark's first Asian. Second, <laughs> right, right, fair, Joe, fair. But I'm just saying that's what I thought about because I hadn't seen the previous movie, somewhat Invincible Iron Man. <laughs> Someone so, invincible. The everyday Iron Man. <laughs> the everyday Iron. <laughs> the everyday Iron Boy. <laughs> the constantly stubs his toe, Iron Man. God, no! Pepper's not afraid. Pepper. Um, they sully the moment. Which moment are we talking about? The, they sully the Iron Man creating the suit moment. So one of the coolest parts about the RDJ one is that he comes up with the concept for the suit for the first time ever in the cave and builds it mm-hmm. in the cave based off of things that are firing off in his brain that are too complicated for me to understand. Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps. We're not, I'm not Tony Stark. Exactly. So we had that moment and as I watched it, I was like, oh, this is following the same pattern. I get it. I've seen this movie. I don't necessarily need to pay attention. And then five minutes later, they get back to Stark Industries and they open his vault, and he's got oh. a dick ton of suits. That's and I'm like, plan. yeah, but you sully the moment. You sully the... You you feel like, oh my gosh, I get to see Iron Man create the first Iron Suit. And even looks similar. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you find out that he's actually... Nah, I've been doing this. It's cool. Even Rhodey was pissed about it. Yeah, Rhodey was pissed about it. Fuck Rhodey. I don't know why he was so pissed about it. It's not... He's not in the circle of trust. Uh, nobody was. It well, was That saying. was Tony. Tony was in his so You're somebody's best friend. You're like, hey, why not me? Of Speaking of Rhodey, apparent, according to IMDb, his phone, when he pulled it out to call Tony, did you see the other names in the phone? Yeah, there's, there's, there's Obadiah Stane, uh, Sue Storm, and Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. So, I thought that was kind of funny. I think there's one more, but I forgot who it is. Um, when he first said he had a secret plan, I thought it was like his secret project. I thought it was going to be arc reactor technology. Mm-hmm. That's what I instantly thought. And then when it was like suits, I'm like, oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I like that Eagle started out like, <gasps> oh, that was so stupid. Oh, I was hoping it was submarine technology. I agree with you that that does sully the moment. It does cheapen the moment. But I prefer the term sully because we've mentioned the title of two movies I'd rather have watched than this one, Titanic and Sully. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a list going in my head. 
<laughs> and Requiem for a Dream? Let's, is that one part? Right. That was let's see good. how many movies we can name. Wedding Crashers doesn't make that fucking list? Yeah, but like Titanic and Sully came up naturally. Like, you weren't talking about the movie Titanic. Or fair. Fair. So I just got this thing going in my head. Okay, good. Fun times. We'll keep it going. Sure. Don't do it on purpose. It no. sullies it. Star Wars. To Joe's last point. To Joe's last point. If I were a superhero, y'all are in my circle of trust. I ain't telling any of you. I'm not. You don't tell. You don't tell people you're making super suits. That's how people get hurt. That's how people die. Woman, where you don't have that one person, person in your life that you have to tell someone. The dog. Yeah. Hagrid. What he said. Hagrid. I'm, a I'm Iron Man. I'm sorry. Throw the ball. Peter, I'm not like a Peter Parker. Peter Parker isn't running around telling Aunt May that he's Spider Man. No, she found out. No, she said, like, "What oh. the." Fuck? Telling his fat friend that he's <laughs> no, no, the fat friend broke into his room. He didn't break in. And May let him in. Yeah, well. I, mean, I wish Aunt May let me in. Am I right, guys? <sighs> what was I going to say? I have no idea. Nope. Nope. I don't really feel about Pepper. Uh, oh, she was fine. Uh, yeah, she was fine. She was a, a lot more respectable than the... I mean, not that Gwyneth Paltrow's version is bad, but like, she was a much more professional... Except for the shower thing. Well... <laughs> It's not like she made a comment. No, but I'm just saying, you're talking about how professional she is, and she just walks into him and starts talking to him when he's in the shower, and I'm like... She has a captive audience at that point. At least he's going to, you know, stay there for a little while. <laughs> also, it's kind of an important detail. It's not. I know, like, but it was it was just weird. I was like, if it was... If I had a personal assistant, I don't think she's coming into the bathroom to tell me stuff. Listen, if the stock prices had dropped and she walked in on me in the shower, I'd be pissed. My best friend goes missing in China... Probably something you can walk in and tell me when I'm in the shower. It's business as usual. It probably happens all the time. Probably. Right? Like Alfred walking in on Batman having sex almost. Almost <laughs> It's a big mansion. I don't know why he keeps Batman doing doesn't it. doesn't have sex. He's got no time. Bruce Wayne, I mean. Sorry. They both don't have sex. I thought that she she played a pretty fundamental role in all of those plans. Like, half the times that she needed to, uh, he needed to sneak into the building... He was only able to do so because of Pepper. Because she threw a lamp at somebody. She did throw a lamp at somebody. <laughs> Clumsy me. <laughs> Whoops. It was like, what? Or the walking out when she was on the hall. Tony, you're in the lobby. Why are you there? There are shield agents everywhere. And then like ten of them like come plowing past her. You are aiding and embedding a fugitive. No, I just threw a lamp at you. That's assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> so Iron Man, right? He's invincible? Not quite. I kind of wish there was another supporting hero in this. It probably would have made it a little bit better. Pepe? Supporting hero. No. Rhodey. No, he does nothing. He gets you don't think so? He nope. gets himself arrested. <laughs> yeah, you don't no, think a supporting twice. hero? No, no, no. no. I don't want to see better. Pepper Potts as a, any kind of hero ever again. No, no, no. no. Not even supporting no. hero. No, no, what he's saying is he was an actual oh, oh, MC, oh, oh, like Marvel oh, hero. Oh, so you didn't like what Pepper Potts said in Iron Man 1? I she was fine in Iron Man one. Okay, I don't like what she did in Iron Man three. Ooh, ay ay ay. I think I like yeah. the Mandarin story better, honestly. In in the three? MCU? No, 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 Frank. No, take it back. No, you like it better than this, or just yeah. like you like it overall? No, I like it better than this. Okay, uh, I mean, it's, I, mean I mean, I like the idea of the Mandarin like opinion. Yeah. Do you like do you like bird shit better than cat shit? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I don't have to clean up bird shit because it's just spray with the hose. Cleaned up by the rain. I hate cat shit more because cats don't go shit on my car. True. <laughs> so I would. Cons- I know I hate bird shit more. Wow. What well, yeah, I was gonna say. I said it wrong. Anyway. Well, cats don't shit on your car anyway. I hope they don't. Cat shit on your car would be a mess. 
Oh. It would be. I would be so perplexed as to have that. <laughs> Gross. It climbs on the top and just takes a dump. It's like, you're you're broken, cat. Why did you leave the sunroof open today? Bad, bad call. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed the fact that this movie had mysticism, though. Yeah. That's traditionally what Iron Man has had. You brought it up when we did the 2008 movie, mm-hmm. is that they went way realistic with it because Iron Man's main bad guys are the Mandarin, which is like this, essentially a spectral ghost demon, and I don't even know how to pronounce the big dragon. Fing Fang Foo! That's it. Fing Fang Foo. Fing Fang Foo. So this, this held a little bit closer to probably what an actual Iron Man story was. So for that, it gets it gets some credit, too. The story's boring. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that as far as comic bookiness is concerned, this has yeah. a little bit of a more comic book feel, which is a, which is which it is allowed to have because it's cartoon, because it's an animation. And it also gives you a better understanding of why they did what they did with the live action movie. Yeah. Because if they had tried to make something like this, I don't know that we're having this podcast right now. Yeah, I don't think the MCU does what it does. Like how how mystical has the MCU gotten? Like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, right? That's pretty mystical. Yeah, exactly. But it's but also that's the level of but it took of, how many years? Like Thor, kind of. Yeah, it's also it's mystical, but also kind of explainable. Yes, you know, this is mystical for the sake of being mystical. Um, because when we raised the city, it gave the elementals power. Well, I it's guess. like when they raised the city above the clouds, and the gargoyles came back to life. Dang, 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 dang. <laughs> You're keeping track at home on your bingo board, and that just burst into song. <laughs> and the songs were, and I quote, Gargoyles, the theme of Batman, and... Different episodes. Come on, knock on my door. It is open for you. That's not the next line. <laughs> it's been a long day. This will be my last podcast. By the way, man... <laughs> We've seen Batman fuck on screen, killing joke. Oh yeah, Batman no. has said yeah. Oh, yeah. he said he doesn't. Yes, he does. <laughs> he was pretty damn close. Oh, he do. How does everybody feel about the different iron suits that we got? Man, the too variety. Many. Too many. But we got three. Yeah. The I'm just saying for the first one, it's too many. But yeah, we are. Volcanoes. I mean, it's got a great name. Would you rather be called the Volcano Suit or the Mark III Suit? The Mark III. Okay. okay. <laughs> more sleek. It seems more... People are going to be stark. curious about Mark One and Mark II. The volcano, well, I guess he was interested. I guess he took a class. I guess Mark II didn't make it. Poor Mark. I miss him already. Favorite, least favorite, I guess. Oh, there we go. I almost said that. Where are we going, right? My favorite scene is the, um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say credits. No. <laughs> My favorite scene no, is uh, in the that part room. when the Fuck. words start scrolling. There was the purple ooze I saw in the background when I wasn't watching this movie. <sighs> purple ooze. Oh, fucking purple ooze. Anyway, <laughs> it's the cave where it the face lights up for the Iron Man suit and they all start shooting it because it's exactly like the live action movie. And that's what it reminded me of. And I wish I was watching that. So it was fond memories. <laughs> My favorite part is the room full of suits, because I thought it was cool that they were all there. My favorite is the fight at the end. Between who and who? The girl and the Mandarin. And who won? Who do you think? Fing Fang Foom. He's a, that spa- was, that's he's a was, space dragon. Was that who that was supposed to be, though? The big dragon that popped up? Or was that just a tip of the hat to Fing Fang Foom? It probably was a tip of the hat. 
I don't think it was Fing Fing. Was he was he green? I don't remember. Was he green? It was dark. Yeah. It was dark, right? I didn't read Fing Fing Foom in my Wikipedia summary. No. Mm. I would remember that. My favorite scene is very close to what Sequel's favorite scene is, which is the beginning uh, when he gets to China and he's in like the uh, the half track and then he gets attacked and then he gets shot and then there's blood and then all of a sudden he's in an iron lung and I was like, oh, this is just like 2008 Iron Man. <laughs> I liked when Iron Man took on an entire army of terracotta soldiers. I oh, thought that was cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Just blowing away. I think it showed a good range of what Iron Man can do because he right before that he uses like the sonic wave breaker technology thing to defeat the dragon mm. and then he was using the sonic waves to blast some of them he was using some of the other weapon systems to just shoot them away just using the arc like the palm arc things mm-hmm. you know he used a whole bunch of different things I thought it was fun he took on an entire army of you know nobodies but Mooks, I think, is the professional term. Mooks. And on the least. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention for my favorite scene, the bathtub scene. No. Oh, <laughs> Samesies! Um, so slow. Yeah. I got least finished. Least favorite scene. Again, man, I, I'm at a disadvantage watching this crap, <laughs> crappy version. It all kind of melds together. My least favorite part of it was the slow dialogue and slow action, but... but that wasn't actually I understand... <laughs> Um, I didn't really find Tony's interaction with his father that compelling or believable, so I'll go with that as my least favorite part. My least favorite part is her transforming into the Mandarin, and really the entire ending of this movie. It's real dumb. Real, real dumb. I'll talk about it when we're done with this. Yeah, I'm going to have to piggyback off that when he's like, remember who you are, like that whole exchange was just so bad. Save Martha. So yeah, that's my least favorite. Matt Lee's favorite. <laughs> it is his mother's name, though, isn't it? <laughs> um, least favorite scene would be probably the boardroom scene, because I thought that was dumb. Which one? Which one? The one before he goes to China. Okay. Where he's like, you're being kicked out of the company. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, what the fuck? Why, why are you doing this? Like yes. And how was just like, me. I was like, why? What? First of all, why are you alive? Second of all, what is happening? First of all, why? <laughs> because there's no Winter Soldier here. Or what's your least favorite scene? Uh, my least favorite scene is trying to figure out what the motivation of the, who we assume are the bad guys. Don't understand. It just it was. It, we it, need to keep the city buried. Wow. What? Yeah, that was terrible. That was terrible. That wasn't even close to the same. No, I really. It was just really hard for me because the entire time, all I kept thinking was, "But you guys are going to be on the same side. Why? Why are you fighting and hating each other? You, you definitely both want the same thing. So motivation was an issue. So that was my least favorite. Also, didn't like the masks they wore. So go ahead. What? What were you? About the ending, Joe. The ending of this movie is really, really stupid because how the Mandarin is defeated is by taking off the rings that she voluntarily put on her hand. There's no reason for it to be in it at all. She's like, oh, this is my job. I'm put on these rings. Oh, wait, I don't want this to happen. I overcame the Mandarin. I'm going to take these rings that made me become the Mandarin off. Why? So when that whole sequence happened, like, I was watching on my phone, so I would, like, tap my phone screen to see how much time was left. And there wasn't a lot of time left. So for a while there, 
I was convinced that the Mandarin was going to get resurrected, going to like start to have a showdown with Iron Man, realize that he wasn't like strong enough to win yet, and just disappear. Like, leave it open. Like, I really didn't think that they were going to tie this movie up into a neat little bow and defeat the Mandarin. Because there was just so... He had to defeat the four elementals. He had to defeat this army. I thought he was going to get there just too late. The Mandarin was going to take his vessel and be like, all right, yo, peace. I got a world to, I got a world to run. I'll see y'all in Invincible Iron Man 2. Exactly. That's right. Like, whether or not they were going to make an Invincible Iron Man 2, who knows? But I thought that they were going to leave it open-ended, let the Mandarin escape. Because you still have the victories where he like managed to defeat the elementals, he managed to overcome the army... And then the Mandarin's like, well, I'm not going to let this... I'm not going to be part of this self-fulfilling prophecy. Peace, I'm out. And then Iron Man now has to... Has motivation to go back and try to defeat the Mandarin. Because there was just so little time left. And then they had the... And they chose the much worse option. They did. They most certainly did. Because then they have the... It's his mother's name moment instead. Matt, is four rings accurate? Ten. It's ten rings, right? Ten. The ten rings. Okay. But I thought that they said that the four rings were lost. Well, there were yeah, there were five. What was the five on each hand, or was it? No, she only had five. She had the one hand. She had four, four rings, and then she had the bracelet. Bracelets or ring? Yeah. Whoa. Ring for an ogre. I mean, they did a lot closer. Well, the bracelet, the bracelet, you know, is going to come to play. Yes. Is a ring. And this level of nonsense means that we're done talking about this one. Hey. So let's read it, and then we can leave you with our wonderful parting words and what we're doing next week. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to give you a heads up that we experienced some difficulties while we're recording this episode. So the audio from here on out is going to sound a little bit different and probably a little worse. So sorry about that. But we were able to save everything in the episode that we recorded, so nothing got left out. I just wanted to give you a heads up in case you thought that your speakers or headphones had a problem with them or something. They don't. They're fine. It's just on our end. So thanks for bearing with us, and I'm going to send you back to the episode now. That'll be your To be honest, though, uh, it's fine. It's recording again. So if you've never tuned in before, I'm assuming we got up to this part. If you've never tuned in before, what we do on Zero's Talking Here is when we rate a movie, is we give it one to six Infinity Stones. One is the lowest score. Six is the highest score. If you give a movie six stones, you can also give it a gauntlet, which is the 100% highest score that we can offer. And let's raid the Invincible Iron Man, and let's go to Frank. I'm going to give it negative five numbers. Uh, <laughs> that seems low. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna give it two stones, but I think I'm gonna give it one in a show based on our discussion. It's just not great. Corey, this movie will get the number of rings that Tony successfully uh, captured. One. This movie was very bland. Didn't do much for me. It. It was fine, the animation was cool, but at the end of the day, it's not a movie I would go back and watch again. And Matt? I was playing this really close to the chest, guys. Go <laughs> also, on your bingo card, Matt made that joke again, so... <laughs> <laughs> you could cross through it twice, it's allowed. Uh, you know what, this movie is a kid's movie, it's a cartoon. It's whatever it is. Is it cool? The kid movie. <laughs> it's like kids movie, although there is some sex in it. Damn it! God, I think this is a kids movie. Definitely not. Nope. This is a after hours <laughs> Nick at night type deal. Nick, Nick at night. night. You know what Nick at night is? Like fucking 
Your company. Yeah. <laughs> Teen Nick, sorry. <laughs> Teen Nick, there we go. There we go. Those are not the right words. Not the right words. <laughs> no, I think he said that was not the next one. Yes, that is, that is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so I'm giving this movie uh, <laughs> the same amount of stones as great facial features that Tony Stark had, and that's a creepy mustache, so there's a one stone <laughs> singular. Like the suit that he should have had. Sequel. I can put this movie on with my nephews over, and they'll be interested in it. And for that, it gets one stone. That's like the purpose for this movie, right? Just to entertain. To show show your nephews a tiny little movie shoved in the corner of a YouTube video. (laughs) With with boiling liquid in the rest of the screen. I can can pay the $2.99. Wow, yeah, that's nice that your nephews get the two ninety nine. That you wouldn't spring for it for yourself. Exactly. And I can put that on, and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll keep their attention. I didn't know you had nephews. That's yeah, what I'm learning right nephews. now. But uh, yeah, one, one stone. It's not a kid's movie, but you can put it on, and kids will watch it. Much sense as that makes. Sure. I'm going to keep mine short and tell you that I'm giving this movie two stones. This movie is boring. It's not terrible, but I don't really need to watch it again because I was not entertained. That pressure a lot higher than I thought. There's, there's only one lower. I know, so I'm saying. Since we all went there, I've been very surprised. Hey, have you seen this movie? Do you want to let us know about things that we talked about that weren't related to this movie? Or this movie, whatever, we're flexible, as you may <laughs> be able to tell. Send us an email to zthpodcast at gmail.com. You can talk to us about anything you'd like on Twitter at zthpodcast. Send us a picture of you walking out of someone in the shower as, on Instagram at ZTH. It has to be a selfie of you walking into a bathroom. Uh, let us know how flexible you are because I'm not as flexible as I'd like to be on Facebook.com. Look for Zero Seven Heroes in the search bar. You write a review and say I'm not as flexible as I'd hey, like to be. Zero Seven Heroes both have E's. Jeez, <laughs> dick. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> <laughs> or facebook.com slash ZTH podcast. And hey, find us on iTunes where you can give us a five star rating if you enjoy the show. And if you don't have iTunes, tell someone about the show and, you know, maybe skip this episode because they probably didn't watch this movie. No one did. Did anybody? This is not going to offer much. <laughs> it doesn't even have a rating on be like, hey, check out their Back to the Future episode. That one's pretty good. Hey, check out their BBS episode. That one's pretty good. Yeah, check out the Watchmen episode. That's my, my favorite one. And also, if you want to leave us a review, we'll read that, and that'd be cool, because we like getting those. We haven't got one of those in a while, so you could be the one to break our cherry that's reformed after time. We regrew oh, the hymen, <laughs> Wow. We regrew oh. the hymen, everyone. Sometimes it happens with podcasts. It's I weird. No one can explain it. Don't, don't make me. Can. No, they can't. Nope. No, we can't. Next time we haven't figured out what we're going to be doing, so it's going to be a mystery to us and you. Can't wait to figure that one out. And on behalf of everyone else, as usual, I want you to remember that every movie is someone's favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs>